Hello and welcome to the Perfect Strangers Podcast. My name is Furby Montano and I, of course, am your host and I want to thank you for joining us today. This episode of the podcast is being brought to you by Squarespace. Are you looking to start a new business? Do you want to showcase your work? Do you want to publish your content? Do you want to sell your products? Do you want to do more? Well, Squarespace is the tool for you. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks. You can easily make a beautiful website all by yourself. They also have powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online and analytics that help you grow your site in real time. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box, so there's nothing to patch or upgrade ever. They make buying domains simple, and you can get all the help you need from their 24-7 award-winning customer support. Squarespace empowers millions of people, such as lawyers, designers, artists, gamers, restaurants, gyms, all to turn their great ideas into something real that you can see online. And, you know, if you can do very basic stuff like an old MySpace page, you can set up a Squarespace uh, website. And right now, if you go to squarespace.com slash pspod, that is P as in Paul, S as in Sam, P-O-D, they're going to give you 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, that is squarespace.com slash pspod. Okay, so today on the podcast, we have on my good friend, Hannah K. Burgess. Now, Hannah is someone that I saw on TikTok. She was doing videos uh, centered around doing uh, tech boot camps for sales. And um, she just had a very interesting story. She's a very smart person, very down-to-earth person, but also very motivated. She has a pretty inspiring story. I'll let her tell it because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But she's an awesome person to talk to. She is very, very entertaining. I just love talking to her. Hopefully, we can get her back on the show uh, at some point in the future. Uh, anyway, I don't want to take up too much more time. I want to let you guys listen to what she has to say. So without further ado, Hannah K. Burgess. And thank you all for listening. All right. Hello, Hannah. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. It's nice to uh, nice to e-meet you. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you. I see we both have like the same, like, it looks like you have the same thing as me. My background looks really dark right now because I've got just a ceiling fan and no light. Oh yeah, I, I have a I have a light up here, but I, it like blinds you if if I have it on. So I have like my ring lights going on both sides of me right now. Yeah, that's me too. <laughs> checking on that. I noticed that these these ring lights they they do wonders, don't they? Like I look so nice in them. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, it makes my complexion look like I'm like a teenager again, like just super smooth. <laughs> so yes. Um, so yeah, we, we haven't talked in some in a little while, I feel like. I feel like we, yeah. we had chatted a little bit about uh your your job, like the the boot camp and stuff you went to, right? Yeah, yeah, pre-hired. Um earlier this year, yeah, that was a while ago. I know. How what was what was that like? I, I do you want to tell people kind of like what the process is or what we're talking about at all? Yeah. Um, so I work for a sales boot camp. We help people get into software sales from like all sorts of backgrounds. Um, that includes like retail, hospitality, healthcare, less desirable industries or lower paid industries, just into software sales since it pays so well. Um, I went through the program myself back in 2019. 
and it changed my life. I mean, I was eating at food banks and getting my kids diapers from churches. And then next thing I know, like I, it's, hasn't even been a full two years. And I bought my first house this week. Like I bought a brand new car. We've been on vacation, like all these things that we didn't ever have. And so, um, I was in software sales for like six months and the pre-hired kind of recruited me back as a staff member because, uh, well, I chose to, to go through with that because I was like, I want to change people's lives the way that mine has been changed. And so I work in our recruiting function where people who go through the program and finish, um, we're partnered with these companies. We get them hired. So, um, yeah, we, we met initially, I made some TikToks about it earlier this year. It was a really cool source of like leads for pre-hired and getting people into the program. And it was a lot of fun. That was my intro to TikTok. Like I had never even used it. So that was cool. First off, congratulations on, on all your success buying a house. That's that's so awesome. Like seriously, that's so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I, I you were like blowing up for a little while there uh, with all your pre-hired videos. It's pretty cool to watch. What what was what was that like? Getting kind of known as as like the pre-hired uh, influencer, I guess you could call it. That was <laughs> interesting. I mean, I have people. We run paid ads too that are like my face. So I have people from high school reach out to me and they're like, are you in an advertisement now? Um, (laughs) And like, they don't understand how that works. You know, they think that like, I must work for this like multi-billion dollar corporation. Like, whoa, that's so impressive, but it's just like a small company. But any company investing in ads is like, whoa, big money. So um, they're super confused by it. And um, yeah, I recently actually decided, so I loved just that kind of experience with TikTok. It was like a short two months. And then uh, I actually got sick earlier this year. So um, it was my appendix for like nine months and it wasn't showing up on imaging. So like I was throwing up all year. I was barely getting my work done. So I was not doing TikTok. Like, oh man. So like I kind of fell off there and I haven't really gone back to making TikToks. So um, I would have loved to have kept that going. But in that time I thought, Um, and I have kind of shifted recently to like recruiting, recruiting, not recruiting from a pool of people who completed pre-hired, but I'm working for an agency now as well and recruiting people into software sales. And so I'm going to kind of shift gears, I think from break into tech and pre-hired is the only resource, um, for that. And I'm going to do hey, break into tech. I have multiple opportunities for you. Cause there are some people who are going to be more ready, right? Like a fresh college graduate, someone who has some sales experience, they don't need pre-hired. And then the people who need a little bit more work and a little bit more training will need something like pre-hired. So I'm going to shift to like resume conversation, pitching yourself in a video, because that's a a huge thing that I love. I love doing that. Um, And then LinkedIn, that kind of of stuff on TikTok. And is that like something you want to do as like a business for yourself or is that through pre-hired or what, what's, what's kind of the, the goal there? The goal is for, um, I mean, my thing is like, I want to help as many people change their lives the way that I did, um, as possible. And so really I would like it to be a passive source of candidates for me, True. right? Like if I get someone who comes through and all they need is a quick brush up on their resume, I can take them to any one of my clients. And then also like, I can, there are some people I'll be able to help just by showing them 
hey, like here's a couple of things that you would be doing in the day-to-day. Oh, you have experience cold calling or you've done sales at a car dealership. Like um, I can teach you how to pitch yourself to a company and I can get you in front of one of my clients. And it's a win-win. That's super cool. That That's yeah. cool that you would like want to give back. That's That's such a, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's very rewarding for you. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Very cool. And uh, what what's what was your background before doing all this? So um, I was a teen mother mm-hmm. and uh, to two kids, and I kind of just had to do what I could to pay the bills. So I couldn't afford. I mean, making minimum wage in Portland, you can't or anywhere probably you can't really pay for childcare. So it was like, how can I have a job that? I can have my kids with me and not have to pay to have someone else watch them. And so I opened an in-home daycare and I did that for three, four years. Okay. What was that like? I've never known anyone who did their own in-home daycare. It was fucking awful. (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. (laughs) I hated it. Here's the thing. The kids were great. Mm -hmm. Mostly, mostly. Parents suck. I hate parents like, and I'm, I'm an uptight mom. Sure. Now I'm probably more laid back. I can be uptight, but like, and it's not like it it was a thing like, Oh, feed my kid healthy. Don't let them have screen time. That stuff all makes sense. Um, just some of the requests I got or like, I had one family that didn't pay me for like four months. And that was when I looked into pre-hired because I hadn't been paid in months. And I was like, calling them and asking, and I was still going to work every day. I'd show up and I'd be like, can you pay me today? And they'd be like, well, then will you, yeah, as soon as we're done getting ready for work, or as soon as we get home and they wouldn't oh do it. Oh my God. And then they, I just didn't show up one day. I was like, fuck these people. I and I just blame didn't show up. And they called my mom and told them like what? that I was unreliable and I know call no showed. And my mom was like, you have not paid my daughter in four months. I've been paying her rent. Like, that's that's why. So, yeah, that parents, not good, not good. Um, And then, like, also, I charged, because I just needed to pay my bills, I charged, like, the lowest rate I possibly could to pay my bills to attract families. But the kind of families it attracted, um, not, not good. Like, I made many calls to not many, but more than most people will in their lifetime calls to CPS. Um, I had kids get left with me overnight and I didn't hear from their mothers for days because mom's an addict or she's off with her new boyfriend or whatever else. And having my kids exposed to that stuff just killed me. Oh my God. That's awful. Yeah. And then like, you think about the kids who are like stuck in that situation too. That's, that's gotta be the worst man. Like, they act out like my kids were getting um bitten not by like you know one and two year olds normal like five and six year olds biting my infant oh my god things like that and you know they have behavioral outbursts it's not like taking care of any kids it's like kids who are neglected and it's it was a rough couple of years for me emotionally physically like i was working 60 hours a week for like 600 bucks a month per family. So wild. Well, I'm happy that you are where you are now. <laughs> that's uh, Me that's, too. 
I, I, I'm always happy when it happens. I, I'm happy when it happens to anyone, but especially someone who has, you know, some something like you, like you're saying now, because then it's like, you know, you work your ass off and it means something to you. You know what I mean? That's, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's, that's like always the coolest stories that I love hearing. That's totally it. And I feel like that's sales too. Um, I don't know if that's been your experience with like colleagues and stuff, but like, I don't think anybody grows up being like, I want to get into sales. Absolutely not. I know I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, actually nobody wants, yeah, nobody wants to get into sales. Um, but you kind of just like get kicked around and screwed up and dinged up. And then you're like, well, I'm here and there's like really good money here. So yeah. <laughs> like, I guess I'm here now. Woo. Yay. <laughs> this is where I'm spending my career, <laughs> but it's worth it. So I'm curious, what was the, like the wildest or like the weirdest request that you got from parents? Oh my God. This, you're going to laugh. Um, I'm ready. The child I had who was acting out severely, um, her, his mom was like getting angry, um, and letting her dog do stuff to the baby, not a baby is two, two and a half. Mm-hmm. Like he would show up with bites on him and she'd be, I was like, I have what? to call PPS. If you're letting your dog bite your child's face repeatedly, it's not acceptable. And she would be like, well, he acted up. And so I told the dog to nip at him. It's not a big deal. And I was like, he had him on his What? Yes. And what? I was like, no sister, that's oh. not how that works. And that's fucked up. Wait. So she was letting the dog bite her infant child on purpose yeah because she was mad she would like drop him off like if he bites any kids today smack him in the face and i was like no wait what absolutely not oh my god man he doesn't have him anymore by the way that's why i can talk about this like thank god double-headed she doesn't she's not parenting anymore i think she had another baby but like she doesn't have him. So she, oh he bit another girl in my daycare. The mother, I texted her. I said, hey, she got bit today. Um, I gave this other mother, this is the third time he's done it, at a three-strike policy with anything like that. Sure. Um, and so she was given two weeks notice. Her son will not be here anymore in two weeks. I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. Sure. And um, the mother got really upset. And she was kind of, she was a good mom, but she was very slow. Sure. Like, she was, she was about my age, like young. Um, and yeah, just like not bright at all. And she, um, showed up at my house early, pick up her daughter. She was very upset. She's like, where was my child? And I was like, I was standing here with them. I swear. Like he literally, he's bit me. He, and I could easily get away. It's just like, it just happens. They're just kids. I was with them and she was very upset. I was like, look, I understand. Um, and then she was like, well, I don't appreciate getting a text after the fact. And I was like, would you like me to call you? Do you want me to wait till you show up in person? And she's like, no, next time I need you to tell me before it happens. And I was like, <laughs> did you actually just say that? You want me to tell you oh before my God. he bites your daughter? Like, and I asked her, I was like, can you just think about what you just said for a second? Like, just think about it for one second. And she was like, well, what I mean is like, it can't happen. I was like, yeah, fuck you, dude. Dumbass. Call me before it happens. Oh my God. If only like anything bad, that was just the, the, the protocol. Call me before it happens, please. It's funny though, because like, I honestly, when I got into sales, I was like, 
I'm not going to have dumb shit like that happen anymore. Right. Like that level of stupid, no way, but you would be surprised. Enterprise, like professional VP of sales requests, the things that they do just make me roll my eyes. Sometimes (laughs) it's, it's funny, man. Like I'm, I'm also in sales. I I do like the, the transportation side of things, but um, yeah, I've had people like number one, the limo industry is fucking crazy. I don't know if you know anything about the limousine industry, but those dudes are. Sounds lit. Yeah. They're, they're on a different level of, uh, of what the fuck. Right. Yeah. I'm like my first conference that I went to, First thing someone asked me was like, hey, come by my room later. I got hookers. Like, just flat out, never met this dude. That was the first thing he, he told me. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm I'm good. <laughs> I'm 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 good. That not exactly how I want to spend, you know, my my Monday. Um, you know, hanging out Monday. with some uh, yeah, some random dude in his hotel room with a couple hookers, but I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sales is a, it's a, it's a weird, uh, weird space to be in. That's for sure. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I, I didn't realize you were in transportation. Yeah. Li- the limo thing. That's really interesting just because like, you know, I think everybody's been in a limo at some point. Um, it, but like, and it's supposed to be this like luxurious experience. Mm-hmm. But every time I'm in one, I'm just like, I have the feeling like weird shit has happened in here. Oh, yeah. Like this is just, like there's cocaine residue on this <laughs> this table in here. You could probably <laughs> like, fund you could fund a small country with the amount of cocaine residue that's left over. In the <laughs> I'm telling you, right? Exactly. Like you, like you could you could balance the budget of like the state of Texas with that. Like it's, it's there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, limos are gross. They're like almost like public restrooms to me. I, I wouldn't. I've never heard it put quite that way, but yeah, I could see that. That's- <laughs> I think about it. People invite me to things at the limo and I'm like, I don't know, man. It's like weird. Did you imagine the amount of body glitter that's just left over on the seats all the time? All the time. I've never considered it. I didn't until right now, but I'm sure there's a ton. Body glitter. I wonder what kind of shit gets left over, left like people forget in a limo. That I've actually had to go through a limo lost and found once. Ooh, I don't remember that? because I was like 13 years old, but I left the camera from a, I brought a digital camera and nobody has those anymore, um, to a birthday party and, uh, left it in one of the like cup holders or something. But now I wish I had investigated that loss and found a little bit better. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure it's, it's a gold mine and not even just, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sure those dudes have found like, I'm sure cell phones are a big one, but I'm sure there's been like sex toys and like, I don't know who, who knows what else people do. People are weird, man. not, not even necessarily weird. People are people, right. And people inherently are just, yeah, <laughs> we are, we're all, we're all different, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah. So tell me your new house. You just bought a house. That's, that's awesome. What's, uh, you, I know you came on, you're moving. What, are you still in the same city or did you move cities or? I moved one city over, uh, back to where I grew up. I kind of always wanted to be here. I'm in a suburb of Portland. Like my boyfriend's parents live here. My parents live here. My brother lives here. My sister lives here. Always wanted to be here, but I couldn't afford it a few years ago. So one town over, 
the apartments are like $500 cheaper. Crime rate's a little bit higher. (laughs) And I don't know. I feel like I, the, the cost was almost like offset by the huge increases I saw in my insurance as a result of moving. So like I probably could have afforded to live here, but yeah, now I finally own a home here, which is really nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, you have two kids, you said? Yep. Cool. How old are they? I've got a five-year-old boy and a two-and-a-half-year-old boy. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Two-and-a-half-year-olds. He's rough. <laughs> He's a nightmare. Do you have any siblings? I do. I am one of, depending on how you look at it, I am one of seven or eight. Well, you know, you're actually the second person in a row that said uh, one of seven that, or, or eight, but seven. Yeah. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. Oh, the funny thing too, like before, don't even ask me this, not Mormon. Oh my no, I wasn't, I wasn't assuming that. No. <laughs> my parents are just whores. The thing is everybody always asks me if I'm Mormon and I'm not, we're like the furthest thing from Mormon. My parents are like, super non-religious so is, is, that uh, like, is, is mormonism like a, a big thing in oregon i wouldn't think so i i think we've got a lot of like catholics i don't think i don't know i don't know a lot about all that stuff i was <laughs> not raised like that no i grew up in new mexico like we're we border Utah, and that's about it. Like Mormons, Mormons, (laughs) there's some Mormons down in New Mexico, but it's like, it's just like Mormons, like they go around and and like talk to you about whatever they talk about. And it's not really like the multiple. They don't reside there then. Um, I had a couple of friends who were Mormon growing up, but it was, they were never like devout. Like they would go to church, they went on missions and stuff, but it wasn't like the polygamy, multiple wives, like that type of thing. Like that's, we leave that. To, oh, the north, oh, to, to the northwest of us, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you made it to to Utah TikTok and Mormon TikTok? Oh, oh no! Hours, hours. You, you got to tell me about this. What, what <laughs> I, I have not discovered this yet. Well, I'm just like learning about their like loopholes for sex, and they're freaking hilarious. Like I don't even know what they're soaking. I didn't even know that was a thing. What what, what's soaking? I'm not familiar with it. Quite literally, what you think it is, the act of of going in and out, Mm -hmm. not allowed because that's sex. Sure. But going in and camping there for a little bit is totally (laughs) cool. Like that's totally fine, and that is soaking. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Wait, but you have to go out though. So wouldn't that? How is that a loophole? I don't get it. How? how I don't know either. There's a bunch, there's a bunch of loopholes where I'm like, how is it that much different than just like finishing the job? I yeah, don't that's think it is. Loopholes. That that could be a double entendre right there. <laughs> <laughs> TikTok is full of them. If you look up uh Mormon or Utah on TikTok, that's what you're gonna find. I also love ex-Mormon TikTok where people just like talk, oh, their stories are crazy but not shocking like of all the shitty stuff that happens within the church and um i that i just find more interesting it's actually really sad but to me i mean yeah i could i could see it because i know that the it's pretty like pretty like a 
they, they're really fucked up towards people, right? Like they they don't let them do anything. It's oppressive and yeah. emotionally abusive and physically abusive and sexually abusive. Like there's nothing about it that is okay at all. Ugh. I, I have That's to I have to check out Mormon TikTok. <laughs> no, I have I have to check this out now. I'm happy you told me because I love watching stuff like that. I just haven't found it yet. <clears throat> I usually, yeah. I, I, I blew up for like a work video. So I usually get a bunch of like work TikToks and it's really annoying because I try to like change my algorithm to not be that. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't want to hear people complain about work all day, but that's all I get now. Is that oh, it? it's because your your Best Buy stuff. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, I had some geek squads in my downstairs today. Oh, um, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm talking to Furby today. That's cool. <laughs> um, every time I see Best Buy, I think of you. It's funny. Yeah, Best Buy. Uh, your TikTok, funny. <laughs> dude, Best Buy. Best Buy has sent me a few messages asking me to uh, not do those anymore. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I have them blocked on everything, every every social media platform. <laughs> I would tell them if they give me X amount of money. Yeah. I would stop. Not that I would delete. I I would stop, not delete. No, no. Those are gold, man. People love those for some reason. <laughs> you'll probably actually make more money continuing to do it and just building a brand around like leave your toxic job um, oh, yeah. than you would from them even paying you out to stop. So I have a feeling they wouldn't even pay me out. They'd probably just be like, we have lawyers. And I'd be like, okay, cool. I, I live with one. She's my fiance. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> awesome. Also, like if what you're saying is true, it doesn't matter what their lawyer says or does. So no. I mean, I mean, even then, too. I, yeah, I mean, nothing I said was untrue. Now, it might have been outdated. I'll say that. Some of it might have been outdated. But none of it was untrue. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, those, those companies, I'm, I'm happy I don't work for a big company anymore. Let me just put it that way. Oh, word. Yeah. I but, used to work for Sonic. And it was fun. I, like, roller skated around. People tip really well there. I don't know why. Um, it's cause there's another fast food restaurant and it's the only fast food restaurant where people tip, but, or where they're allowed to. And, uh, but, oh my God, the upper management, big companies like that garbage. Oh yeah. What? So did you ever, uh, so that you actually did skate around when you yeah. worked for Sonic? That's awesome. That's, that takes a shitload of coordination. How was, did you ever fall when you were doing I fall it? all the time. I'm not good at roller skating at all. There were people there who were really good at it. And I had worked there longer than them, like years longer than them. And I still wasn't that good. But then get this, I found out I was pregnant. Like I, it was the beginning of 2016. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get really good at roller skating this year. I'm going to get as good as Keith and uh, Michaela, the coworkers that worked like, they would like do spins and stuff. Like they were so good at it. Um, Michaela, <laughs> right? Like customers love them. And I was like, I'm gonna get really good at roller skating. And then I started falling more one day, and I was like, Why am I getting worse? Found out I was pregnant, uh, and that throws off your like center of balance. And uh, then they fired me because they couldn't have me roller skating while I was pregnant. Wait, what? They fired you basically for being pregnant? Yes. And I was like, wait a minute. Roller skating at Sonic is a choice. Um, half the staff do, half don't. It's literally a choice. 
some of the staff don't even own roller skates. It's literally up to you. I had shifts where my feet were tired, so I would walk. And now suddenly it's an issue. I can't roller skate. And they just were like, yeah, we make more money off, off tips, like a few hundred dollars more a day off people who roller skate. Like you're basically worthless to us if you won't fucking roller skate. So. Wait, wait. So like they make more off tips. Did they like take your tips? Yeah. They open. We're very open about that. Well, I, I know nothing about the Sonic culture. So like, I, I knew you have to tip, but that's about the furthest that I knew from it. So they, they take your tips that you get. So if I got cash directly, I would pocket it. Right. Sure. Um, and I wouldn't report it because uh, not to them. I reported it for my taxes. I did not report it to there's most restaurants you input it at the end of the day and it literally only yeah. goes to your taxes there. Yeah. You had to put it in the computer system when you signed out. And that was just their way of taking a portion. And then you had to um, also input it in a different sign-in thing for your like tax purposes, um, which I knew because I was a manager there. I knew they were too stupid and disorganized to realize there were discrepancies between my sign-in and sign-out sheet for payroll and for like the schedule. And they never found out, but yeah, they would... If it was like a credit card tip or a debit card tip, they would take, take, I don't know how much. I don't remember. Dude, that's shitty. That's shitty though. Wow. I've, I've only worked in one restaurant before. And uh, I mean, our manager did some shady shit, but she never took our tips. That was always nice. What she did do though, is she would always um, claim a certain amount of tips every night, even if we made nowhere near that uh, for, for our taxes. So like, let's say I made, <laughs> 50 bucks in tips, give or take. Um, she would always claim that we made 120 bucks every night, no matter what. Why is that? Like what benefit does that have to her, the company or you? So I th- it benefits the company. And I think it was because um, they didn't have to pay anything on a paycheck if that was the case. So and granted, it's like $2 anyway, but $2 an hour anyway. But um, yeah, if you made over a certain amount in New Mexico, where I'm from, uh, you didn't have to pay whatever, like the minimum was at the time. Now, now that's changed oh, at the time. Okay. They didn't have to do that. I've never understood that because I always see on like the internet, people being like, I worked 60 hours one week and I made 30 something cents because of all the tips I got, but I still yeah. deserve the base yeah. in Oregon. It's not like, like you get your hourly no matter what. And it doesn't mm-hmm. change because of how much you got in tips. So like that always confused me. I wasn't aware of that. I think it's changed now. Uh, this was okay. granted. I'm, I'm I'm 33 and I was like 18 when I worked there. So it's it's been okay. a while. Um, I think that's changed now. But back then it was it was super shady, man. Like, oh, I got some stories about that place. Which <laughs> my family actually owned that restaurant. There were partial owner, owners, <clears throat> and they they had nothing to do with it. I just I worked there. They had a manager, and they just basically were like, "Hey, yeah, we we own it, but she runs everything." So uh, okay. she decided I was I was a server um, and I noticed her her two daughters were she was the general manager and then her two daughters. One was like the breakfast manager. The other was the dinner manager. Right. Um, the dinner manager, she had five kids that she would have just run around the restaurant all night, which I mean, I get it. Childcare, yeah. Childcare is expensive. That that I don't falter for. But these kids would like consistently ask customers to eat some of their food. They would have like free reign of the ice cream machine. One time they got in a food fight. One time they got in a real fight. 
And then like all she would do is just be like, hey, will you go tell my kids to stop it and tell us that as, as the, the staff? Yeah. <clears throat> so one day I got fed up and I just went off on her. I was like, dude, you like, I get it, but you need to watch your kids. Like, like I, I, I am not a babysitter here. Like I, I'm sympathetic, but no. And this was after he asked that one of her kids asked one of my tables, can I have some of your fries? Like, what the fuck, dude? So uh, the next day I get called into my GM's office and she's there with her daughter and they like gang up on me. Basically like, what would happen? Why would you talk to me like that? Blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, fuck this. And I quit. And then like two months later, all of them got fired. So, <laughs> Wow. Yeah. That reminds me of, so my parents used to own a sub shop when I was a kid and I was the kid running around. That was me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they, it was tiny. It was a tiny sub shop in Portland, disgusting part of Portland. Um, and they had like a, a teenage guy working there. And my sister and I ran in all excited into the kitchen and we were like, Hey, blah, 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 blah. Hey, you wanna? we loved him. He was like a charming, like cute teenage boy. And so we always would go try to, you know, we were like five and six years old, go flirt with him or whatever. Sure. Um, and he was using a sandwich cutter and he cut off his thumb oh. because he turned and he was like, Hey girls, and he cut off his thumb. And my mom had to take him to the hospital. And now my whole thing around that, like, I also get it. Childcare. Um, mom's got to do what mom's got to do type of yeah. stuff. Like it just is like a liability and it's not fair to the kids. No. I mean, at all that's sad honestly it's not it's not fair to the kids it's not fair to the staff or the customers like this no yeah it's a lose like lose. yeah like like no matter what and and i was always sympathetic it's five kids like i get it that shit's expensive and if you don't have someone who can help like i get it but it was just like the them asking people for food was always like the because then people would come to me like hey who are these kids that are asking for food and i'm like yeah it's our manager's kid like i'm sorry you know I'd have to do that whole thing. And then on top of that, my family owned the restaurant. So I'd have to be like, fuck, okay, well, should I tell my stepdad or what should I do here? Because this is is a very weird situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What do you do? (laughs) Yeah. So uh, anyway, you, uh, so you're born and raised in Portland, I take it, Portland area. Cool. What's what's Portland like? I've never been there. Portland, it's not the like complete burning shithole that you see on the news that a lot of people perceive it to be. A small area of it is like that. Um, I, I like Portland. I think it's beautiful. It has gone downhill in the last few years. I think a lot of people know that. I don't think that's the fault of the the city or the people who live here, like some people think it is. Um, we have a, a housing crisis. Like that's what it gets down to. And so it makes me sad. I kind of want to move. Um, not just because of the area and the severe sex trafficking and things like that. I would like to be somewhere warmer, but I've got obviously all my siblings here, my parents, my dad, um, at the beginning of November, just a few weeks ago was diagnosed with stage four, uh, blood cancer. So thank you. It's just more important than ever for me to be nearby, obviously. Sure. 
So I jumped on buying a house like near them right away because got to be nearby and support my, my mom still has four kids under the age of 18 at home. Oh, wow. So she needs help right now. Oh yeah. I can imagine. That's, that's great. I've, I've, I don't really know anything about Portland. I have a few friends who have, um, who've lived there or do live there, but I've like never been, I used to live in LA, which I'd always hear people say, I want to move to Portland, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know much about it. I don't know. Like what do you, when you say it's, it's gone downhill, what do you, I'm not sure what you're referencing because all I've ever heard about it is it's this gorgeous place. That's full of hipsters. That's basically all I've heard. It's totally gorgeous. (laughs) Really? Like a lot of people, their biggest complaint is the homeless people, which like, I don't, I can't imagine being like offended by someone's existence uh, just because it doesn't look nice. Like I really don't fucking care. It's not that at all. Um, Yes. It is messy in a lot of areas and Frankly, like, it's kind of funny to me. There's one street. (laughs) It's a bridge, actually, that has become fully taken over with homeless camps to the point you cannot drive or walk over it anymore. It's just covered. And I'm like, they're taking their fucking space. They're like, fuck you guys. Whatever. There's nowhere to live here. So it's fine. But um, when I say downhill for me personally, like, it is mismanaged. The... The homeless population. I'm not sure. Like other states are creating spaces for homeless people to have shelter. We don't have enough of that. Um, and so, like, I tried to go to my favorite restaurant, uh, a Indian restaurant in Portland, a couple months ago, and like there was literally two homeless people asleep in front of the doors. Like I couldn't have opened it, and I was like looking in the windows, wondering if they were even still open. I see staff in there and I'm thinking like, as a business owner, I mean, what would I do? But also nobody can go in their store. So, or their restaurant. So like, I've seen a lot of that over and over and over again. And that's hard. Um, Another example, like my kids spit water all over my keyboard on my laptop and I had to go get it fixed. Sure. I went to the Apple store. <laughs> it's their fault. They made it a glass house. It's just like a big glass house. There's no walls. Right. And it had been, all the windows had been smashed overnight and it was uh, put on fire. So like okay. the Apple store, um, because of a ruling and a trial of some, I don't know. I'm not super up to date on that stuff, but the stuff you would expect. Yeah, yeah, sure. It's that's that's kind of crazy. Like I obviously I don't know about Portland, but like Austin, where I was living before I live in Orlando now, but um when I was in Austin, I moved there in 2012 and it was becoming like a cool place to live, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like what what it is now, what you hear now. Um then I moved to New Orleans for three years with my fiance. And then when we moved back in 2018, like there was a shitload of homeless people all of a sudden. And it was really? Like it was, it was wild because it was. And so there, the way Austin used to be when I moved there was uh, I thirty five is one of the main highways, and if you're west of I thirty five, that was like the quote unquote white side, like the side with money. And then if you go to the other side, that was where Hispanic and Black people live. Well, um, the people with money started buying up all the real estate on the other side now, so it was displacing people, and you know, 
Yeah. As it were. Well, that was also where a lot of homeless people lived. So they had a lot of camp set up and that was kind of like their safe haven. Like, okay, we're cool here. At that time, when people started buying shit up, that's when it started becoming a quote unquote problem. Right. And sure. like the, it got so bad and it, and it is still so bad for a city that's not very big, but there's a shitload of people that they have mm-hmm. no idea what to do with it now. Like literally they'll just go in and start like, and it's really fucked up, but they'll go in and just start throwing people's tents away and all their belongings and shit. Like they'll just start throwing it all away. Yeah. That's, you got to get out of here like that. That's what they won't do in Portland, but, and people complain about it, but it's not the solution. Like, no, I mean, cause they're going to go somewhere else and they're going to yeah. do the same thing. Like they have like, to. And that's the thing, Austin. So Austin is a city that was, it's, I think it's like 2 million people now, but it was never meant to have that many people. Like nowhere sure, near yeah. that. It was probably meant for half of that, like absolute max. So they had one homeless shelter and it's right downtown, right by all the bars and everything. So you have drunk college kids and homeless people all downtown at like two o'clock in the morning. You can guess what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a lot of fights, a lot of, you know, things going out, a lot of drug sales. Now there's a lot of shootings. Like it's, it's getting really, really bad. And Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where they just sort of like, well, we have, you know, Tesla and Facebook and Apple coming. So we're just not going to worry about it. And you're like, dude, this is like, you got to do something about this. It's going to, it's going to become a really big, it's already a big issue. It's just going to get worse, you know? Yeah. That's terrible. That was one of the places I wanted to move if I moved out of state. But over the last year, I've had that this same conversation with people. And I'm like, well, it the reason I wanted to move there is because it's a lot like Portland, but that means it can only last so long. <laughs> like as yeah. it is. You know, Austin, I love that city. I always will. Uh I had to move. We we me and my fiance had to get out of there. It was yeah. it was it was getting to a point where it was just Number one, to buy a house, like even like a middle of the road, like fixer upper house, it was at least $600,000, which is just insane. Right. And that's even like suburbs. That's not even like the city of Austin. So, you know, that coupled with there were, there's jobs, but they're all like tech jobs and like really high end jobs where people who have very specialized fields and, you know, specialized engineering skills that that are very high paying and mm-hmm. just re- regular jobs. They're like really, really hard to find there. And they're really underpaid because it's still Texas. Right. So they're going to pay you as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Austin's just, it's, it's a weird city. I moved there. It was like the artist Mecca, like, you know, musicians and artists and actors and indie filmmakers. That's, that's why I moved there. And then now it's just overrun by like tech bros everywhere tech bros and influencers it's it's really sad it's kind of turned into like a mini la which is why i left la too so yeah i was gonna say it feels like that's really how um all cities kind of make their their rise is tech um influencers for sure um doesn't seem to be going well either it sounds like you've been a lot of places you've lived la new orleans texas new mexico yeah and now we're that's awesome (laughs) <laughs> now the land Anywhere? of disney uh, i live in orlando now so do you yeah the land of disney okay i spent um i want to say two years as a very small child in florida right oh. outside orlando i think what part i think it's called kissimmee 
Kissing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's basically Orlando. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's where I, I was from like age four to six. Oh, cool. Do you remember anything about it? Yeah, I remember going to Disney. Like Disney, like now is like a once a year kind of thing. We are huge Disney people in my family. Um, once a year, once every other year. But when we lived there, it was like a hey, weekend trip to Disney, like no big deal. Oh, yeah. Um, which is dope. Like that alone is a reason to live in Florida for me. And I don't love the weather. So like the humid, the lightning storms are gorgeous, but like the humidity I can't do. So, um, but for Disney, I would do it. I am a, I'm a Husky gentleman. So yeah, the, uh, the weather here is uh, no bueno for me, but but it's, it is cool. Like I'm, I'm not a huge Disney person. My fiance is a huge Disney person though. She loves Disney. And um, we moved here because her parents live here. So that, you know, it was nice to have family. And I definitely did not want to go back to New Mexico. Like that was no. (laughs) So um, even though my family's there, I love my family, but I I wasn't going to move back there. Um, Oh, you still there? Yep. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, Sorry, I was laggy for a sec. No, 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 you're good. Um, but yeah, so we, we moved here and it's, it is kind of cool though. Like tomorrow my, or today, my fiance is like, Hey, you want to go to Hollywood studios tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, no problem. And I'm just thinking like when I was 10, dude, if I could just go to Hollywood studios, just like that. Oh my God. That would have been the dream. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. cool. It's kind of cool. So you, uh, so you lived in Florida. Have you, have, did you move straight to Portland from there? What, where, where have you been? Yeah, I was born in Portland and then we went to Florida. Um, I think my mom was just like really wanting to be around her family. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just her mom and her grandmother were there. And so we went and it's weird because like she didn't really grow up much with her mom and grandmother. So I think it was just kind of a, I need to explore those relationships kind of thing. And so she wanted to leave the minute we got there. Like we were, we walked in the house and she cried and she told my dad, like, we have to go back. And he said, we got to save money to go back. Cause we sold our house and all our belongings and yeah. And so it turned into this whole ordeal for two years. She went to nursing school while we were there. Um, cause they didn't have any money. There were five of us kids and two parents and two cats living in like a three bedroom trailer. And yeah, they, my parents went to college. They worked eight eight or 10 hours at night and went to college during the day. I was raised by my older siblings. And then, uh, yeah, we came back and they finished up college, uh, got really high paying jobs. And now my younger siblings have a much different lifestyle than we had as a kid. Which I'm glad for them. They deserve that. That's how it always turns out, right? Yeah. That's cool, though, because it seems like you, like, you're kind of doing the same thing, right? Like, you you had, like, the jobs, you had your kids, and then now you, like, did it yourself. Fucking did it. That's awesome. Like, that's, yeah, dude. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... That's one thing, like I have a sister who's always, um, she's my older sister. So us four older kids were raised. We were poor. Um, we were kind of raising each other cause my parents were working and going to school so much. Um, and she's like, 
wow, why do our younger siblings, like they have full-blown college funds. They have their own bedrooms. They live in a really nice, huge house. They go on vacation every single year. Um, yeah. And she is upset about it. Like she, she's like, why didn't we grow up like that? But I'm so happy for my siblings. Like, I think that's how it should be. And that's what I strive to give my kids too. So it it definitely creates a weird dynamic though, because, um, like I learned to work my ass off for everything I have. That's what I took away from my childhood. I've got a brother who is 21, um, who's part of the younger four kids and he still lives at home and he's on his fourth year of college. Cause he started early and he's never had a job. He doesn't have a license. He realized my parents were everything. And I'm like, I mean, we got different childhoods basically. And we're having slightly different adulthoods as a result. Sure, sure. And so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think they're, they're going to need a lot more help than I've ever needed from my parents. <laughs> Hey, I mean, there's, there's always like advantages and disadvantages to every situation, right? So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's, it's kind of fun because I, I was raised, so my parents divorced when I was five um, and my dad, um, him and my stepmom got together when I was really young. I, I think I was actually still five when they got together and she had moved in. Yeah. <laughs> and um, with them, I kind of had like the traditional, like, you know, two cars and in a garage like that that kind of american dream yeah american dream upbringing yeah. right and then with my mom uh i kind of had the single mom experience where you know she didn't have a lot of money and you know she had a really shitty job when we when she first got divorced and then she kind of she worked her ass off and she became very successful like she's super successful and does very very well for herself now but uh yeah i mean we were you know, living in like different apartments and with my grandparents and my aunt for a while. And like, you know, I, it's kind of crazy because I think about it now. I'm like, wow, I really had like two completely different childhoods from week to week. And I had no idea that that was like a unique thing to like. That's really interesting. And I, I different takeaways from that. Excuse me. <clears throat> so uh, for me, there's not really any takeaways just because it's it was just kind of growing up like I I didn't really know any different and when I got a little older and other people who had divorced parents would talk it wasn't at all like what my experience was um so that's when I kind of realized like oh my my child was a little different like Mm -hmm. and um yeah it was it's just one of those things now where I'm, I'm happy that I had both experiences because then I have a pretty wide array of, of life experience to draw from when, when I need advice for myself or someone else needs advice or what have you, I can kind of speak to a lot of different things and and empathize with a lot of people in different ways, which that's something that I've always really taken pride in is talking with people and trying to make them feel better and and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, but other than that, it was, I mean, I, I really enjoyed my childhood. I had a blast and it was me and my sister and yeah, I mean, we were like the only two constants in each other's lives because every other week, you know, our families were changing, our rules were changing, our bedtime was changing, like everything, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Your sister older or younger than you? She's younger. She's uh, she's three years younger than I am. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And what, what are, are, where are you and your 
within your siblings line? So technically, um, I don't, I, that's why I said, depends on how you look at it. Three older, there's seven or eight. So three older and then three younger than me. And then my parents adopted an eighth. So, okay. um, he's biologically my nephew, his parents passed away in a car accident. And so like, he was really young when that happened. He was four, I think, or five. And so like, he doesn't really remember them or anything. And he, uh, tells everybody like when he meets new people, he tells them I'm his sister. So, and he tells him that like his grandparents, my parents are his parents. So like, he doesn't seem to know any difference. So we just like roll with that. He knows about his parents, but like we, if he wants to like act like we're siblings, that's cool with me. So that's cool. I'm like right in the middle. Um, for my biological siblings. But then if you add him, I'm like the older group. We're kind of grouped off in two. That's how we do it. <laughs> the eldest and the youngest. Yeah. Can only yeah. be one. No. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And uh, your your kids, How you said they're like two and a half, three years apart? Yep. Cool. What are, what are your kids like? My five-year-old is outrageously obsessed with Super Mario. He has been since he was a year old. Nice. Um, I haven't been able to convince him to be anything else for Halloween ever than Mario <laughs> or to have a different themed birthday party. Every gift he's ever asked for is Mario. So now we're putting together his bedroom. And of mm-hmm. course, it's Mario sure. and Nintendo Switch themed as well because he just got a Switch for his fifth birthday. He's obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um and it's actually really cool because I got like these floating shelves to display and we have so much random like Mario trinkets um, from family over the years. Like we've got a whole collection of Pez dispensers, limited edition Hot Wheels, Mario carts, like sunglasses, all the things you can think. And his whole room is just so Mario'd out. Um, he does gymnastics, dance and baseball. I don't know that he likes any of them, honestly, but like he still keeps asking to go and then he complains on the way there. So I haven't figured that out yet. Um, He's and then already my, ready to be a working adult. That's what he is. <laughs> he, I don't know what his deal is. Like he, he won't quit, but he won't tell me he wants to quit. But then like, we'll be in the car and he's like, I don't want to go to dance because it takes too long. And I'm like, would you like shorter dance sessions or cut them in half? And he's like, no, no. Cause my friends are going to be there. Cause he's got FOMO. Uh, so yeah. I'll, I'll let him do it as long as he wants. But my two and a half year old is a nightmare. He's the hardest toddler I've ever come across in my life. And I've worked with over a hundred freaking kids from infant to six years old. Um, I love him very much. He's funny because we all have dark hair and dark eyes. My my boyfriend, our oldest son, and for some reason, my youngest came out with his grandmother's genetics. So he has bleach blonde, super curly hair and bright blue eyes. Oh wow! And I get asked all the time if he has a different dad than my oldest, which is a fun question from strangers at the store in the park. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I want to hear at the park. Dude, the audacity of people asking that. Holy shit. Listen to my response. (laughs) Listen to my response. 
I used to just answer it and be like, no, they have the same dad. He just looks like grandma. I'd like explain it. And now I'm like, they're like, oh, do your kids have different dads? And I'm like, would it be a problem if they did? <laughs> That's all I have to say. I would just say, I would just be like, nah, but they have different moms, but it's cool. Just something <laughs> like that to fuck with them. People would believe it though. Like he looks that much different from us. They would think I'm like stepmom or easily. That's crazy. The mental gymnastics people do to try to figure out what my kids don't look alike is hilarious. Like, I don't know. It, it happens all the time, right? There are some families even that are like biracial and one comes out with like dark skin and one comes out with light skin, right? Oh yeah. That's like totally common. All the time. I know like uh, I have an uncle, so clearly I'm Hispanic and, you know, dark hair, real thick hair, brown eyes. And um, I have, I had an uncle, uh, my grandpa's brother, he's my great uncle. He had like fire engine, red hair and blue eyes. It was weird. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where that came Anything from. Can happen. Yeah. Cause we're like, my whole family's lived not only in the same city, the same street since like the 1500s. So there's not like Irish blood in us at all. Or like, I don't know if Irish is just red hair, but yeah, like he, he had red hair, blue eyes. It was the weirdest thing. That's interesting. Yeah. Genetics <laughs> are funny. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what, what makes your, uh, your, your two and a half year old, what makes him the, the hardest kid? Here's the thing. I think I know where I went wrong. But I also have to kind of acknowledge that all kids are different, sure. right? Like they all just have different personalities. For me, he wants to be held constantly. Um, and not just like he just asks, like he screams. And usually that stops around age one. Like once kids kind of figure out their mobility and learn how to walk, they'll go play on their own. He doesn't play by himself. He screams for me to hold him. Like he has attachment issues. Okay. Uh, he's got to be attached to me at all times. And no one else can hold him. No one else can look at him. He screams at them. He barks at them. He slaps them if they look at him. And I, for a long time, I was like, I don't know why. But then I realized mom with mom, me, with my oldest, I nannied and or did in home daycare. I did a combination of both. And I was home all the time. And I got to parent him kind of how I wanted to. It, like very attached, very close. So he formed a really secure attachment to me where it was okay for him to go be independent because he knew I'd always be there. Mm -hmm. So my oldest is the most independent ball of fire that you will ever meet. He's sassy. He's got his own personality. He's off on his own. He's a big kid um, because he had me there when he needed me. I got into sales in the corporate world and got really, really busy right as my youngest was born. I started pre-hired when he was like three weeks old because oh, wow. we couldn't like, I didn't have money to feed my kids. So like I had to do what I had to do. And sure. so he started daycare when he was three months old and, you know, I got to rock my oldest to sleep every night and cuddle with them to sleep And my oldest. Like I had to take more of a sleep training approach just to make sure everyone's needs got met. Mm -hmm. Um, and he got left to cry, you know, to fall asleep sometimes and things like that. And so like, I, I think I truly was unable to emotionally meet his needs early in his infant year. So 
I think I'm paying for it now. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy how kids can like, I don't even necessarily want to say pick up on that, but they, they know like they, they, they have like a different, they're different. Yeah. When, yeah like you get what I'm trying to say. Right. That's the thing. Like people are like, Oh, letting your kid cry for sleep isn't traumatizing. And I'm like, unfortunately, I think it is like, I really do because the relationship again, kids are always so different. They're human beings. We're all so different. It could just be that. But like, I really truly believe that if I had been able to, you know, like nurse him to sleep for two hours, like he wanted me to, that's how long it takes. That's why it was easier to set him down and let him cry. So I could feed my older child at 7 PM when I'm wrapping up work for the night. Like if I had been able to do that, I think I'd have a a different two-year-old probably. And I mean, I can't change it. I probably couldn't have changed it back then either. I felt bad about it all the time. Like, I wish I could hold you more as a baby. You're only going to be little so long. And now I'm paying for it because he wants me to hold him all the time. So. (laughs) Yeah, but it'll benefit him in the long run though. You'll see. Usually the, because that's kind of how I was as a kid. I was very like clingy and stuff. And I think I turned out okay, but I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, you know, as he gets older and he talks and stuff, I'll be able to chat with him and emotionally meet his needs. It's just when they're so little, it's so much more time consuming and there's so much more. And like, I had no business having a second baby, uh, if I wasn't ready to parent him how I wanted to, unfortunately, the way that I've parented him like when he was a baby you know the the cry it out method and things like that that's what over 90 percent of parents in america are doing i have studied the shit out of attachment theory um and all sorts of other parenting philosophies and research shows that things like that and spanking and things like all that it just doesn't work so um yeah i've done the best i can but he is a rough child (laughs) I mean, as a, as someone who does not have children, I can say that I am, you, all you parents are like superheroes. Cause I don't know how you guys do it seriously. And I'm not just saying that to like toot your horn. I hear like people that I know who have children and I'm like, holy shit. I don't think I ever want them now. I mean, I do, but I don't know if I do. <laughs> That's the thing. Everybody I know, like I always say, I'm kind of glad I had kids when I wasn't quite ready, you know? Because I think we're all waiting for like this right time. And you think like, you know, when I get a house lined up and I'm feeling good about my career and like, you know, we've got this much put aside for um, retirement or whatever, like people set these arbitrary goals. Um, And of course they, I mean, they are important, but like, I would have never felt ready. I would have never, I would have convinced myself there was always not a reason, especially seeing people around me have kids and hearing what it's like, like on zoom calls, for example, I see so many kids every day and I would have been like, Oh yeah, not ready yet. Not ready yet. And I would have let it pass. by. I know that. So I think it's good ultimately that we just did it. Well, it seems like you are doing very well. We're at an hour, believe it or not. So it's a good uh, hour. I know. I agree. This was, this was cool. I hadn't, I hadn't really talked to you outside of like, like work stuff. So this was cool to kind of get to know you on a, on a personal level. Hopefully we can do it again. I would love to have you back on. 
Yeah, that would be so fun. Yeah. So uh, do you want to tell people that you don't have to, if you don't want to, uh, where they can find you um, online, social media, TikTok, what have you? Sure. Yeah. Um, God, I don't even know my TikTok. Um, <laughs> you want me to look it up LinkedIn. for you? <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, well, actually, if you search Hannah Kerrigan on TikTok, I will show up. Um, LinkedIn, Hannah K. Burgess. And that's really it. Not on Twitter anymore. That's it. Is anyone on Twitter anymore? I feel like I never see tweets anymore. Um, every VP of sales that I know is on Twitter and okay. they like, I feel like Twitter's for narcissists. I really don't care about it. That's fair. I, have, I haven't used Twitter <laughs> in like, I haven't used Twitter in at least like seven years. So it's been a Me little while. Either. <laughs> I made one for work and I was like, oh wait, that's why I stopped using this. It sucks. <laughs> Well, Hannah, again, thank you so much for coming on and thank you all for listening. Uh, Take care. Thanks a lot.